The Juice Podcast, Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. Just coming off another fabulous weekend of college basketball. There were some incredible games. Um, Betting-wise, buddy. Bad shit, crazy games. There was a lot of bad shit, crazy games. Some in our favor, some against us. Um, we, I personally ended up in the money pretty well. How'd you do? I think we did pretty well as a podcast together. Um, some that we probably... I ended the... Di- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Probably some we probably shouldn't have got, and then there's some that I think we should have got, and then just kind of got fucked in the last second. So it's the it's just the give or take or gambling. Um. Yeah. I mean, first like Saturday where I had more than ten bets, I ended up in the money, not by much. I ended up nine and seven on the day. And man, I wish we didn't trust Arizona State so much because I would have hit a massive parlay had they won. But same, that was, same, I same. mean, I checked that score and it was eight to like 23. And I'm like, wow, this died so fast. Yeah, I had an eight to one that would have cashed. They were the only leg, but there was no way to hedge. Like it was dead from the beginning. Like they couldn't even put it yeah, in the, the fight. The one that I had was, um, I think. Six to one, and just needed them to win, but obviously that didn't happen. The other one that I had was like a thousand dollar parlay. That granted, uh, who was it that choked it? Oh, uh, Baylor losing in the way that they did, and then Arizona State that's what killed that parlay. But I mean, one game that I was like, we were literally this close, how many times? And then Arizona State just couldn't show up whatsoever. But we'll get to that game in a little bit. Let's start with the three mid majors I kind of threw out there. Richmond got me a cover. They went outright. Dayton was laying three points. Three and a half is what it was when we actually bet it. Richmond gets a cover there. They storm the court. Um, fuck anybody that's anti court storming. That's what makes college sports way better. I will than- say, Jay Billis on ESPN. Go fuck yourself. Oh, they don't do this in the NFL. They don't do it in the NBA. Yeah, guess what? It's an only college team. Guess what? They storm the fields in college football. They storm the courts in college basketball. Get the fuck over it. I know this is all because of Caitlin Clark's situation, but guess what? We saw the alternate angle, and that was a fucking flop. Yeah, fuck that. She was the one that initiated contact. So get the fuck out of here. This is a college thing. The students give as much energy like yelling and doing all that stuff as well i shouldn't say as much but like they're giving their all the best way that they can by making it difficult on free throws by making sure when the other teams on offense is loud as hell and hard for them to communicate like that like this it's 
anybody that's against it is just like anti like anti you want to talk about and talk about the traditions of college sports that's one of the greatest traditions in college sports I understand. Oh, somebody's gonna get hurt. Somebody, nobody's ever gotten hurt except for Clayton Clark. And guess what? She's the fucking reason. Dude, I wish if this was gonna be such a big deal when she flopped, I wish that Ohio State student would have Sean Taylor her fucking ass right into the fucking hardwood. Like, get your fucking money's worth because people are gonna bitch about it anyway. You might as well got it. Like, fuck that, dude. It Just- was, and it was a chick. It was another chick that she ran into. It's not like she was running into a fucking football oh, player yeah. or some big burly dude. Also, Just, the fact I'm that, tired of this that somebody shit. was storming the court in a women's college basketball game, which literally nobody gives a fuck about on the ratings, that should be a good sign for women's sports. Like, the fact that that even mm-hmm. happened should be like something you're plugging in all over your network to show, hey, people are starting to support women's sports. Exactly. Jay Billis, you work for ESPN. Guess what they show at the end of every fucking highlight for upset? The t- the other team storming the fucking court. Yeah. Any- Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck you, Jay Billis. I hate it. That, that shit was retarded. That shit was so dumb. Um, What was the other one here? Oh, I'm going to eat shit on this one a little bit. I laid him with Princeton on the road to Cornell. Cornell beat the shit out of him. It was um 26-21, big red. And dummy and me doubles down. He's like, oh, I'm going to hit that Princeton money line. It's, it's almost it's like plus 175. And then immediately Cornell goes on a 14 run. It's like one of those where you just regret immediately. Um, that probably screws over Princeton's at-large spot. And then last one. Yeah, when I was looking at uh, Lenardi's thing this morning, uh, it had Princeton as not the... I know it's like next four out. He didn't even have them in that. He had them in like the next category after the next four out. So, yeah, Princeton's kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah, I do think they win the Ivy, so it's not going to matter. And the Ivy League is also one of the shitty conference tournaments where just the top four teams go. So it's just got to win two games. They're in a two-game setting. They're going to win it, and they're going to get home court advantage. So I think they're fine, but just in case. And then lastly, App State beats the shit out of uh, James Madison. That little run they had in the preseason wasn't a little bit of fool's gold. App State's the king of the conference. They're gonna, and honestly, Troy's probably better than than James Madison too in the Sun Belt. But it'll be fun in the tournament. But I do think App State low key has a shot to get an at large bid if they are upset because they do have a home win against Auburn, and that's a pretty nice. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to them because it's kind of souring a w- little bit, but it's still like a team that should be for sure locked to make it into the tournament and be a kind of high seed. But yeah, you're right. Metrics wise, it's going to help. Let's go to the <laughs> ACC. Um, should have faded Louisville. Virginia 69. Nice. <sighs> Louisville 52. Louisville. Sticks. Oh my god, I am so disgusted myself for not doing it, dude. It like I'm watching and I'm just like. This was the one of the. I mean, we had uh, the best lock to end the night, but this was such an easy lock. I'm done, not fading. If Louisville, I'm back in on it. I don't care if I I lose money on it by the end of the season. I'm gonna keep fading them. Fuck that. I mean, wow, that was never, never a game. I was thinking this was gonna be the final dagger and pain at Louisville. No, I think they're just going to ride it out. He knows he's fired. 
Yeah, but also, I mean, now in sports, there's a wanting to be the first one in there. Like, that matters. So, and especially like you said, with how high caliber of a program Louisville can be if it's under the right person, like, you kind of, like, that big of a program, you want to be the first one, especially if there's another school that ends up making a move. But, yeah, I just don't agree with it. If the writing's on the wall, fucking do it. Yeah. Must will be coaching there next year. Um, Boston College, 61, Notre Dame, 58. The closing number ended at 2.5. I didn't bet any of this. I think I picked Notre Dame when we gave out the picks here. But Boston College, Boston College is a good team. They're not going to... They're not making the tournament. They're going to give some people some runs down the stretch. If they can pick up some giant wins somewhere, maybe they got a shot. But Earl Grant has a team play. I mean, you, you're seeing the program start to head in the right direction, which is a good thing for Boston College. You might not be tournament team, but you're, the path is there. But also you have to worry about, well, how many of these players that we have are going to be in the portal next year. North Carolina, 75, Florida State, 68. Harrison Ingram, 13 points, 17 rebounds as a wing. I don't know, because North Carolina was kind of up basically 7-8 this entire way, and then Florida State would come back. North Carolina would get back up. Florida State would come back. So, I mean, this was kind of a 50-50 one. I don't think I – I don't even remember what I picked on this one. I didn't bet this one. Did you have any play on this? The only thing that I had in this, well, I threw my sheet out. Uh, I had the under, and I barely got it. So I saw somewhere that, I mean, this this is stupid college betting brain that somebody was like, "Oh, the under's lock." Yeah, barely. I think I got it by a point. Um, really? It was a good game. It was, was a good game, though. No, um, I think huh? you had this covered by eleven on the total. I had it at one fifty four. Did my math really? No, that's yes. That's one forty-three. Add that up. No, one fifty-three. No, seventy-five plus eight uh, is eighty-three. You're right. You're right. Plus six. Okay, so it was a lot easier. You're. It so, was. Lucky. I do that shit too, though. Is where I'm sweating it out. I'm like, oh shit, no, my math's way wrong. I'm in the clear. Yeah, my math's way wrong. Okay. Well, it was looking bad to start. Like we all have it on our betting apps, where you see what the cash out is. And I mean, at one point, the cash out on this was like seventy cents, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to cash out. I'm just going to let it ride." And lo and behold, it ended up hitting. I counted it as an L, like the whole day. Um, but yeah, it was a very good game. I think Florida State's a lot better than we're giving them credit. Um, I know they're like 12 and 8, so the record's not there. But, I mean, kind of like we were saying with Boston College, like they could screw some people's season, uh, especially at home. All right, I'm going to get these two out of the way so we can talk about the other big ones here. Uh, Syracuse 77, NC State 65, good win for the Qs. Um, Virginia Tech 91, Georgia Tech 67. Virginia Tech got a big one tonight against Duke at home. And I mean, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a little bit, though. This one, I don't even really want to talk about because I forgot to bet on this one, actually. <laughs> but I think I picked it on the podcast, so I'm sorry, everybody. Miami 72, Pitt 68, and Connor, can you go and explain the blown cover 
Um, I actually did not have this on the TV. I was sweating out another game. Well, it wasn't really. Ju- it wasn't like one of the like a bad beat or anything like that. But I mean, Miami, you were up by so much. I think um, I forget what exactly. They were up at, 19 I mean, at half. Yeah, they uh, they were at one point up nineteen, and we can't cover five. Ow. It was just. It was. It was tough. Um, there was like one, literally one section where Pitt hit back-to-back threes, and yeah, it was just. I. I was. We all. We've all had that moment in betting that you're. You thought that this was already a winner. You're already thinking about how you're going to spend the money. Yada yada yada, and then you just slowly like watching. You're just like, this isn't going to hit. This isn't going to hit, and, I mean, that's what happened in this you Miami know, game. You know what the shitty um, thing is? This number closed at three and a half. Yeah, I know, and I bet, and it was one of those ones trying to get the early value, and the value wasn't in my favor. So, it, yeah, it's rough. Close out. gambling. 100%. Closing out the, S- the ACC, Duke 72, Clemson 71. And goddamn, if this game wasn't played in Cameron Indoor Stadium, if this, if the team, the home team wasn't wearing the UKE on the front of their jerseys, there is no chance in hell that Clemson doesn't win this basketball game. One of the cheapest fouls I've ever seen. With one second, and I'm 100% in the camp. When people say you can't call that there, like no, you call the game from start to finish the same way. But this man, this. Two minutes into the game, that wasn't a foul on Tyrese Proctor. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese Proctor goes to the line, no. knocks down a couple free throws, and Duke gets the victory. That was a bail. I mean, I texted you right after the game. Uh, the refs just gifted Duke a win. I mean, Proctor, that whole sequence was going absolutely nowhere. Like, like one of those moments, like, oh, he's shitting down the leg or pissing down his leg. And just gets absolutely bailed out. I mean, credit to Clemson. I've been giving them shit all season. Well, since we started talking about college basketball. But, I mean, to go into Cameron Indoor and only, like, should have won. But, but, I mean, it's crazy, like, for Duke. Like, you're supposed to have one of the best home court advantages in the country, and it's not showing up. I don't know if it's just this team. It, I will say, like, it's tough to say, but it's like this Duke team doesn't have that dog in them. They know they're talented, but you can't just win on talent in college basketball. You need to have that fire, that desire, and, like, I don't see it. I don't see it from Philip Kowski. I don't see it from Proctor. I just don't he's, see it on this team. And, like, Shire, like, he's not Coach K. He's not going to rip into these players. And it's like somebody needs to get in there, grab them by the shirt, and say, get your fucking ass in line. Because this is not Duke basketball. No, dude. Like, Filipowski is supposed to be the alpha in this guy. And he's he's really just not. He's not. He's not. He's as good as he was his freshman year. Like, there's a story that J.J. Reddick talks about after his sophomore year when they lose in the Final Four, and Coach Kate tells him basically, like, 
you played well tonight, but you weren't ready to be a champion. And Co- and JJ's like, holy shit. Like, I need to work harder. And no, JJ never won a national title, but the next two seasons, like, he never played better. He's one of the greatest college players of all time. Like, I don't I To me, it feels like, kind of to your point, I think Shire's a little more buddy-buddy, where Coach K's not afraid to be like, yo, dude, like, transfer. Get the fuck out of here. You're not playing. And... Yeah, I mean... I. It's 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 tough to watch. I mean, even when your experienced player Jeremy Roach goes fucking one for eight in the game, like that spells disaster. They're just like I'm looking at the stats. Kind of what saved them was Proctor going four for six from three. But yeah, dude, I just they got a guard like, problem. If I had, huh? They got a guard problem, man. Like between Roach, Proctor, and McCain, like. There's only one ball to go around. Like, I don't know if Shire. I didn't even realize Filipkowski only had. Oh, uh, he did. I forgot he did roll his ankle near the end, of, right before halftime. And look, that was the thing that kind of sl- like swayed this because Duke was in control to begin the game. Filipkowski gets hurt, has to spend some time on the bench, and it allowed Clemson to claw him, claw back in. But, I mean, if you just think, when you think of Duke, you think there's too much talent on this team to be where they are. Like, I don't, if I had money to, or a line to bet on it, like, if you gave me money to bet on Duke to not make the Elite Eight or not make the Final Four, I'd take it right now. Don't blame me. Let's go over to the Big 12, though. We got a lot of games to cover still. Um, Utter ass kicking. Houston 74, Kansas State 52. That number, minus 15, scared me a little bit, but Houston at home, no problem. Do you know if Ken Palm has them as a seven-point favorite on a neutral court against UConn? Like, Ken Palm really Rhythm. likes Houston. Which I I've, been, like, I've been curious about that because, I mean, I, like, Houston's, Houston is one of the best teams. I think tonight... Maybe we could see something a little bit different, but yeah, I like I have a future on UConn, and I'm telling you, the cash out on that just keeps going up and up. And like, I know that's not the proper way to look at how teams are trending or anything like that, but I mean, dude, UConn looks so uh, fucking good. No, I mean, me and Jared were talking about this this morning. If you gave me a free hundred dollars right now, it, the same odds of every team like UConn by far. What do you even think? Mm-hmm. What do you even think about it? UConn looks like the best team in the country. Yeah, and uh, while Houston has their points of being dominant, we've seen the chinks in the armor. And I mean, once you get to a tournament, that's gonna show. All right, let's get to a winner here that nobody believed in. Apparently, Iowa State seventy nine, Kansas seventy five. Granted. This number closed very late at four and a half, and mm-hmm. McCaller hits a three at the buzzer to make it a four-point loss for Kansas, which would have covered, but we gave this out earlier. This number was basically three and a half all the way up till maybe like an hour before tip-off and money started coming on Iowa State. I mean, simple handicap. Iowa State's really fucking good at home. They have a lot of athletes. King is a really good player here. He hit some very, very clutch shots. They hit nine straight threes at one point in the second half. And Coach Otzenberg. Yeah, the 
the barrage from three and by Iowa State was very impressive. Like, I've only been able to watch them in scattered moments, but they were shooting the lights out from three. And I mean, the problem for Kansas is they had no answer. Like, Kansas goes seven for 20 from three. Um, I will say, my biggest worry about Kansas is they don't have a bench. It's like the five starters, and that's it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. There's, I mean, guys like Nicholas Timberlake, who they thought from Towson was going to come over and be like a spark, really just hasn't. They played in the fret, the that freshman kid. I think it's like Dunphy. But I mean, like just looking at all the is it Dunphy? Like, looking at the. Uh, I can't remember his last name. They played Braun, McDowell, Jackson, and Timberlake. That's literally all their bench. Oh, well, no, the this, bench had this kid's starting now. He took the role away from Timberlake. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm really worried about Kansas. Like, there's so like kind of the same thing with Duke. There's so like I know we were on Iowa State, and Kansas was in it. But still, that score looks a lot better because of what McCuller did at the end of the game. Iowa State was in control of this game, it seemed like, from pretty early. Yeah, and then when but, Kansas like started to like cut into the lead, immediately Iowa State broke out to 9 or 10 point advantage. Like Every shot mm-hmm. that Kansas took, Iowa State had an answer for it. And I mean, it does it it does hurt when you're when I'm looking at this and McCuller and Dixon alone went uh, fourteen for thirty six. I mean, when you have those guys shooting that much, I don't know. You you need the others other guys to step up. I just I'm starting to worry about Kansas. Texas Tech 85, Oklahoma 84. Texas Tech goes on the road again and gets another win. That's their second big one on the road this season. They also won at Austin earlier this year. Graham McCaslin's got these guys playing hard. And I don't know, dude. I I think Texas Tech's legit. I think this is a legit team that can make a Final Four run. They're super well coached. They defend very hard. Isaac Pops could get hot at any moment and basically be the guy who just puts the team on his back and carries them to the Final Four. I don't know if they'll actually get there, but this is... I mean, they're in sole possession of first place in the Big 12 right now. They're the only team with one loss. Very impressive team. I mean, I don't know how much... Uh, I'm trying to pull up the schedule. Uh, so, they're at TCU, and then home against Cincy, at Baylor... I mean, you still have a while. Well, home against Kansas, you still have a while until. Oh, you avoid Houston. They play. They already played Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, they all they put. Yeah, whoop their ass. But they, you don't have to play them again. So, I mean, yeah, there's no reason to think that. Like, as crazy as it is to say, like Texas Tech could be the Big Twelve regular season champ. They really could. Um, BYU 84, Texas 72, cover the spread there. BYU is very hard to beat in Provo unless you're the elite of the elite or they just can't score against Cincinnati. It's going to be tough to win there. 
BYU, the game was looking a little bit sketchy to start, but then they were just able to pull away. Um, they continue to impress me, and I know I've placed the national championship future. I know it's still a long shot, but... Dude, I mean, if they get fucking hot, they could, but they could also lose to whatever 13 or 14 seed. They're, they could lose in the first round, or they can win it all. I know. That's why I'm like praying every time I look at bracketology, they get matched up with a mid-major I don't like. So like I can just pick BYU there, but if they get picked up against like like a Drake or something like that, like they're not winning, and it's going to hurt because I want BYU to be good. Um, Let's get these other two out of the way before we talk about the craziness. Um, Oklahoma State, 70, West Virginia, 66. It ended up being a push at the close, but most of the number was at four and a half. So most people with the bet, Country Road's got to win. I mean, again, if you bet this if you bet this game, just stop. Stop. You need what, – uh, what, what is the helpline? 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, 1-800-GAMBLER. You should not have been betting this game. I mean – we said it from the start. And then since he covers against UCF, then went 68-57. Wes Miller still got this boy. Dude, I thought that was dead. I thought that was dead because wasn't our UCF was up pretty big, weren't they? At some point. I think it was like late second or late first half. UCF had a lead of like five or six. And since he comes storming back. Started yeah, at back. halftime, it was 39-20. I know because I started to think. Like, 27. Like and how? in the second half, since you have to 18 points. All right, then lastly, in triple overtime, TCU outlast Baylor 105 to 102. I don't think it really mattered because we weren't going to get the cover. They never gave up hope. But <laughs> I, I never was, did. I'm... <laughs> I will say, TCU just hit every clutch shot. Like, there was a time where every... every like other possessions, like all right, Baylor's got control. They're gonna win this game. They're gonna get free throws. They're gonna cover, and then TCU would hit a, a tying shot, just like some stupid three pointer in the corner. Manuel hit two of them, including like a crazy like driving layup, and got an amlet on it that sent it into another overtime. And then I will say at the end of the, I will okay, it was one hundred three to one hundred two. I will say TCU got a hell of a call when. Two of their players shoved another Baylor player to the the ground, and there was no foul called on it. Like Baylor should have been shooting free throws. It only pisses me off because I. I mean, Nelson literally shoved the dude with both hands. You could see him fully extended. Yeah, it's clear flagrant. With both hands, I mean that one should we just of the two, but also I under I kind of understand from the ref scenario is like. They're going to do everything that they can to get a call right now. But at the same time, if it's that bad, it needs to be called. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I really care is because I, have, I only know, needed money the line. money line for the parlay. Like, that was it. Yeah. I had him in something else, too. That's why I, that's why I care. That's legit. Also, Jameer Nelson Jr. is a fucking dog. I mean, 11 of 18, 30 points. Hell of a player, dude. No, this TCU team's good. Just like, just like his dad was. That's, 
We're so old. We are so old. I remember watching him and uh, uh, Delonte West at St. Joe's growing up. Phil Martelli making that Final Four run. Like, that team was so fun. And now we're just old men. Yes. To the Big Ten, Maryland beats the shit out of Nebraska. Not even a question about the cover there. 73-51. to That's just Nebraska not really the same team away from home. Um, it, was a, it was a little bit. Like, I was a little bit worried because Nebraska start of the game was hitting their shots. And, like, if they can do, if they can, can always keep that up, they're always going to be in the game. But, yeah, I mean, Maryland then just turned it on and said, you're not scoring anymore. Illinois 70, Indiana 62. This was a late play for me. I had cashed that plus 15. The number just got too high. It ended up being 15, like, right before tip, and I jumped on it, Indiana. I'm like, that's just too many points. And Indiana was in this game like all the way through. This is a, too much of a rivalry to be like yes. 15 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Indiana, one of those teams that might not have the record, but they're a very good team. Uh, obviously, like they'll be, they're trying to build towards next year. But I mean, they definitely can screw somebody's season up. Do they still have to play Purdue at home? Oh, they, no, they got beat by like 30. <laughs> they got just smoked. Um, let's get to these. Yeah, two. It, was, it was 21. Let's get to these two heartbreaks. <laughs> Iowa 88, Michigan 78. You're introducing your new head football coach of the reigning national champions. And you guys can't get up to play fucking Iowa, who can't do anything away from Iowa City. Anything. And they drop 88 on you. I don't know how Juwan Howard wasn't fired on the spot. I mean, he's going to be fired, so it doesn't really matter. But this was bad. This I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be fired. He's going to be fired. That's not... I, I don't... Dude, you got to think. Michigan does the... We're Michigan, man. They do things different. There's no I mean, way. no offense. They, gave, they didn't give up on Harbaugh. And look what that got them. So, I don't... That... The way that athletic program is run is a little bit different than most of the power conferences. But to talk about the game, yeah, that was, I mean, that first half, it was a little bit sketchy because, like, we were up, but Iowa wouldn't go the fuck away. And, I mean, going to half with the lead, 44-42, and then just couldn't do shit in the second half. I will say this. I would be willing to bet a ton of money he's gone. You missed the tournament. You missed the tournament. You're an 11 seed. I Maybe he doesn't get fired. Maybe he steps down because it just blames on the health issue. But I'm telling you right now, Jawan Howard is not the head coach next year. There's no way. Like, he's so bad. This team, like, had a pulse. No, I understand. They had a pulse when Phil Martelli was coaching, and then Jawan Howard comes back, and they just can't do shit. There's, I get. No, I, get I understand. It. It's just, it, I just that that program, that athletic program, holds itself to a higher standard. So I think, I think that it's gonna, it's going to be tough. I don't know if they're going to do that to somebody that is their own. I would argue that they did that to Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. 
And this isn't that, that bad. But still, I think Michigan holds themselves to a higher standard than what Georgetown basketball does. Maybe. I mean, Georgetown's a really good fucking college. I would say that's a better college than Michigan. No, I, no I'm... But I'm just saying, the, like, w- the perception of them might be here. Where they hold themselves is up here. I guess. Ewing did more for Georgetown than Mich- uh, Juwan Howard did for Michigan. But I think I think I think what Ewing did to Georgetown is a lot worse than what Juwan's doing. But at least he won a fucking national title. I mean, yeah, I mean, not as, as a coach. He made the tournament. As he made, yeah, the the what eighteen and twenty sixteen. He made the tournament. He made the tournament one year. All right, let's get it. We got a lot of more games here. This one sucked, dude. This fucking sucked. Penn State 74, Minnesota 83. I will say Flowers of Minnesota. Minnesota could be a tournament team. They are. Ben Johnson has that team playing very well. But Penn State was up 15 in this game. And they fucking 45 to 31 at half and just shit the bed. What was that at halftime? 45 31. Yeah. Yeah. You were up 14 and a half and just. Completely shit the bed. Minnesota goes fifty-two to twenty-nine in that second half. I mean, I didn't really have eyes on it, but I thought that just Penn State at home. That one sucked. Um, Lastly, not even a sweat here. Not even a fucking sweat. Northwestern eighty-three, Ohio State fifty-eight. Again, thank you for putting me onto that line. Granted, it really didn't matter what time I grabbed it. It was going to be a non-sweat, but. Like again, thank you so much. That was not even close. I don't know why they think they thought that Ohio State was only one and a half points worse on the road at Northwestern. But thank you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, you guys stink. I I I, I hate I hated that I've made a lot of money over the last two seasons betting against Ohio State basketball. It hurts. It does because I mean. I know I'm the football guy, but me and my dad kind of had a big connection when it came to Ohio State basketball, mostly because it was a very good team. Most of those teams were a lot of fun to watch. So it really hurts that this is what the Ohio State football or basketball team has become. I understand, like, Ross Bjorg, our new AD, said it in his uh press conference football is king but also the basketball program shouldn't be this bad so i think holtman's out at the end of the season up barring some miraculous uh turnaround but you're home against illinois uh at iowa home against indiana home against yeah i unless somehow in a couple or like in a month, he's able to beat Purdue at home. I just, I don't see it. No, um, I mean I would have fired him last year. I don't think he's a good. Coach I, at all. I've, I've already. It's been like obviously I follow a lot of Ohio State Twitter, and yeah, it's a lot of people putting out lists of like here's some names that you need to get like yeah. used to. Here's the thing too: a lot of people that don't follow college basketball to a T like we do is the fact that Chris Holtman has dropped in Ken Palm's opening rating each of his last four seasons. Like, dude, like, no, the guy can't coach. Like, get him out of there. He rode the coattails 
of God, why am I missing his name? Mata. Brad Stevens. Mata. Well, Brad Stevens and Butler. Mm. And then went to an Ohio State program like after that. Like, dude, dude's not a good coach. Get rid of him. I don't understand why all national college basketball media thinks he's a good coach. What has he done? He's literally accomplished nothing. Get rid of him. He's terrible. Yeah. You that team right there, coached by Rick Patino in the Big Ten, is probably second or third in the Big Ten right now. If not one. They have a lot of fucking talent on that basketball team. It's just poorly coached. Mm-hmm. As a, granted, you're talking about one of the best five coaches in the sport, but either way, um, one more on Sunday. Rutgers gets the cover for me on on Sunday. Not lose by ten. Um, tough place to win, but Purdue is still really good. To the Big East, this one pissed me off, dude. Providence eighty four, Georgetown seventy six. Georgetown covers, and the to be honest with you, I can't say that the score was closer than this because it wasn't and it wasn't. It was Providence would get up eight, Georgetown would get up two, Providence would get up nine, Georgetown would get up one, and Providence just played with their food a little bit. And I will say one thing. This is what I preached in the guy talk is Kim English is a dog shit coach. I have no idea why he got the Providence job. I have no fucking idea. He underachieved every single season of George Mason. They only dropped in their Ken Palm rating every year. Kim English had an opportunity today, Connor, to get his team so fired up to beat the living piss out of Georgetown, which everybody in that arena wanted and one of the best home court advantages in all of college basketball, and he failed to fucking do that. He showed no emotion. I was... Like, I was pissed off we didn't cover, but I was more just like, dude, like, your whole crowd's chanting, fuck Ed Cooley. And you are just... I don't know if it was out of respect or what. Like, had no fire the entire time. All he wanted to do was complain to the refs. No fire to his teammates, or to his players whatsoever. I was severely disappointed. I mean... Yeah, it sounds more like you're disappointed. They fucking won. And they're 14 and 16. You could have won that fucking fan base over and they would have loved you. If you would have just beat the shit out of them. You would have every opportunity to. You just got... I I think think it's more that Cooley had his team up for the moment. Well, I agree. Ed Cooley, like, worked Kim English. He worked him. But... I mean, still, Providence gets the win. Uh, I, I, it's crazy how close of a game this was. But, I mean, for Providence, like, their shooting was, like, outside or in the paint or outside of the three, like, Providence shot the ball very well. They couldn't hit their threes to save their life. Five and nineteen, you shoot twenty six percent from three. Like that kind of makes it why this game was a little bit closer. So, yeah, I I won't give Providence as much flack because maybe a lot of that is jitters from like a lot of these guys were cool these guys and like. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a problem when your coach can't get you that hyped for it, but I'm not going to take too much away from the fact that they didn't cover. Yeah, Kim English fucking can't coach, but we'll move on. Uh, Marquette, 75, Seton Hall, 57, they covered the 11. This was a little closer at one point, but then like Iguodaro started heating up. Kolek was getting his Marquette yeah. away. Not a lot to really... It was, it was, yeah, first half it was 
uh, fairly close, and then the second half, Marquette made the changes that they need to and realized, oh, we're fucking Marquette, we're at home, let's just lay into this team. Um, real quick, Creighton 85, DePaul 62, DePaul stinks, and then let's get to this one. Yeah. Butler 88, Villanova 81 in double overtime. I turned the game off. I said, fuck this. I got other games I'm betting on. I tur- Of course, I turn on Iowa, Michigan to just watch another loss. And then, I, you know, I never noticed I got the update that my team lost. Like, my action update never updated me. And then I look at my phone, and you texted me, and you're like, talking about, sw- I don't know if I can do overtime in Butler's game. I'm like, what? And immediately change it over. What happened down the stretch? I still don't know. So, I mean, Butler, I think it was a like, seven-point game with two minutes left, and Butler just came up with some phenomenal defensive stops uh, and then would have the answer. It, it was, like, I don't know how really to describe it. It was just, like, Butler get that stop. Villanova's trying to kill the clock, and then they get a quick score. Defensive stop go down and score, and just some clutch-ass shots. I will say, though, like, there were a lot of times that we shouldn't have had this, that we kind of got a little bit bailed out by calls, but we're not going to complain about that. Villanova, though, I, there were so many travels that were not called. I forget, what's their uh, big guy's name? Eric uh, Dixon. Eric Dixon. Yeah, dude, there were... So many walks, and, like, the crowd is just going nuts doing the travel, and it's just, yeah, Big East, Big East refs in that game were pissing me off. And then, like, first overtime, like, looks like Villanova's just going to take over in the se- first overtime, and Butler just won't go away. I mean, it, this is, I, I, it sucks. It, like, my Ohio State program sucks. And that Mata is doing wonders at Butler. That Mata is like such a fucking good basketball coach. I cannot believe. It. I think that was a little bit mutual though between Ohio State and them because I think he was ready to step away for a while. I think that's something. That, yeah, it, it, I think the health issues, yeah. especially with like his leg, were starting to really wear on him. And plus, like. Uh, I, this, like the expectations at Ohio State are a lot higher than they are at Butler. Yeah, I don't. Like, I, don't I think that. I don't blame Ohio State one bit. Like he, the health issues, and also like the reason I think he took that Butler program is because he was afraid it was going to go to shambles, and that's something he built. So he took the job, mm-hmm. and but the dude's a fucking amazing coach. He's a top fifteen coach in college poops. What a win! Now this one yeah. to close out on Sunday. Oh my god. UConn 99, Xavier 56. Holy shit. I don't want to overreact like we already did earlier, but UConn's the best team in the country. That's in fucking sane. 43 points in a big game. Yeah, I... And it's, you're not I playing the I turned it on. Mm-hmm. That's the big No, one. I turned it on. I, like, Sunday I was kind of dead in and out, but, like, the one time that I was actually feeling, like able to watch TV was when that game was going on. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot UConn uh, Xavier's on, and I turned it on, and, oh, it's 32-8. to eight. All right, um, not watching this. 
But yeah, I have no idea what happened in the game. I just saw a 32 to 8, and I'm like, okay, UConn is one of the best teams in the nation. And then I look at how I got them at 2200 to win the national championship, and I'm like, still looking pretty good. Yeah. Not catching out of it this year. That was insane. All right, let's go. We got two more conferences I mean, to go. Let's go to the Pac-12 here. I don't know. Did you bet this side? I didn't bet any. I don't remember if we bet on this one. I didn't bet on it. Personally, I don't know if I picked it on the show, but Washington State gets another big win against Colorado, 78-69 to cover the spread. Cosmith has his boys playing. I didn't, but... They could be a tournament team. But, yeah, I, I'm keeping my eyes on Wazoo. It does suck that this game... I'm pretty sure this game was on the Pac-12. Yeah, it was. Um, so, I couldn't watch it, but... I'm going to have my eyes on Wazoo because, I mean, I love them for college football, so it's an easy transition for me. It's a soup, It's a, the same exact thing, just super well-coached team. Um, easy handicap here for us here. Arizona 87, Oregon 78. Yes, it was closer to the number than we expected probably, but it was just perfect bounce-back spot. Like, that was a layup. They never. I was never worried yeah. about this. Yeah, neither was I. I mean, Arizona seemed to be in control the whole game. Caleb Love, 36 points, too. Like, dude balled out. Now, this one fucking sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember 2021? Oregon State was ass all season long, and then there was a point where this season turned, they go on to win the Pac-12 tournament and go all the way to the Elite Eight just to barely lose to Houston. Is this Oregon State turning the table? Is Wayne Tink will have this team playing for their chance to go to the to the dance? Oregon State eighty four, Arizona seventy one. Oregon State owns the state of Arizona with back to back wins over them. This is uh, it, it. Never trust Bobby Hurley. Or wait, yeah, Bobby Hurley. Dude, I mean. It's so reminiscent. Granted, I'm pretty sure that Oregon State team was a lot worse than what the team is. No. But, man, I... It's around the same record. They actually had a winning record going into the tournament. And they rattled okay, off... Okay, like, I thought they had a losing record no, this team's that tournament. This team's probably just as bad, though. But, I mean... Shit, we've seen it before. Why the hell can't it happen again? Uh... I, and I remember that whole tournament. We just were like, this team is not that good and would keep fading them. And then it just fuck no, us. No, I think you bet them You bet them the opening round against, because I think you were fading Rick Barnes, and I believe they played Tennessee. Yep. And then, yep. And the, then it was, they went up against Kate Cunningham in Oklahoma State. And I was like, all right, Kate's just going to lay into them. Nope. The fucking Ethan Thompson and fucking Jared Lucas, who's still playing collegiate basketball right now, just goes off. I don't know. I don't. Did we bet this next one here? UCLA sixty-five, USC fifty. I don't know if I picked it on the pod. No, but I did not bet it. I couldn't. I because the the side that I wanted to be on was USC, and good thing I did not bet it. Holy shit! Um, I mean, McCronin just absolutely outcoached him. Yeah, these teams these teams aren't good. The ta- well, the talent differential too is like USC is like actually really fucking talented. And these UCLA t- just went in there. Dude, we are UCLA is nine and eleven, and USC is eight and twelve. What was USC's preseason ranking? 
They were. It was high, wasn't it? I think both teams were ranked, but I I I can't follow them. I for one, I also you know me, I don't give a fuck about your ranking. That means nothing to me. No, I know, but just like these are these teams are disgusting, and I mean it sucks for UCLA because like you're kind of held to a different level because of your name. But yeah, this this season just isn't that good. But I guess beating your rival at home is very good. It helps, I guess. Yeah. Um, lastly, I'm sorry if you end up betting this. I end up jumping on Washington at the end right before the game started. I was very up and down, but I needed something else to bet on. But Washington 98, Utah 73. Not even a game. Again, just using the system, fade the white guys on the road. <laughs> and it can't afford Yeah. They got I mean, an athlete. Yeah, that sucked for Utah. Did you end up betting it at all? No, I didn't bet Smart it at guy. all. But, I mean, just for Utah, like, I mean, kind of for football reasons, I root for them. So, like, this hurts. But, uh, still- yeah, I mean, white guys on the road doesn't work. <laughs> to the SEC. In a weird game here, this one was bonkers, too. Florida 102, Georgia 98 in overtime. Florida was dominating this game. And then Melendez for Georgia just got hot and brought them right back into the game. And then when the game went to overtime, I was like, I'm fucked. I don't know if you end up betting this one. I was like, I'm screwed. Every single time this happens, the favorite wins in overtime and they cover the spread, but not today, baby. Georgia got the cover in overtime. Snow White does not get his revenge, but at least he gets covered. Yeah, I... Watching this game at the start, I was like, "Damn, I'm I'm glad I didn't bet Georgia because I mean that was the side I wanted to be on." But I, yeah, I mean, hell of a close by Georgia to end regulation. I mean, it would it look like they look dead to start, and then just all of a sudden it just. It was kind of like how the Butler game just started chipping away at it, and next thing you know, they have a shot to tie it. South Carolina 72, Missouri 64. South Carolina gets the cover here. Dude, Lamont Parrish. Barely. And fucking South Carolina, dude. What are they, 18-3? and three? Like, man, this team is... 17-3. and three. Like, Jesus, did not what I expected. No, I, I mean, that cover, though, was an absolute sweat because Mizzou even had a shot, and I thought they were going to keep fouling, and then they just called the dogs off, and I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Because, I mean, it should have been a lot easier cover, but Mizzou just wouldn't go away and just started flashing threes at the end. Mississippi State 64, Auburn 58. Big win for Chris Jans and company. I had no play in this, but that's huge for the tournament resume. They're going to be right on the bubble probably towards the end. But again, Auburn really hasn't had that signature win that really proclaims them as like one of the top eight teams in the country. But I mean, it's a, still a really, really big win for Chris Jans and company. Yeah, big win for Mississippi State. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Auburn because now you're actually entering the meat of your competition 
And I understand both games were on the road, but... Eh. Yeah, tough luck there. Um, let's get through these two real quick. We had, I didn't have any action, or at least. Tennessee 75, Vanderbilt 62. Kind of what you expected. Dalton Connect, 32 points, man. Kick and play. And then Alabama 109, LSU 88. Alabama at home, really good. Really fucking good. Did you bet mm-hmm. the over in this? No, I wish. <laughs> it seems Shit. like a Connor over game, like written all over it. I, I might have to pay. Because the funny thing is the team that's the over team or has been the over team, I think they went like a 15-game stretch of hitting overs was Kentucky. And, yeah, but I was not paying attention to this over, and I should have. Let's get, to, let's get to that game. Kentucky 63, Arkansas 57. They barely cover for me. Dude, Must has quit on his team. He's next. He's the next Louisville head coach. He's the next UCLA head coach. Cronin takes it. He's gone. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. He because he had them. This Arkansas was up very early in this game and making this game ugly enough that you could either I it had me thinking Arkansas could win this game. Granted, second half, Kentucky made the adjustments, but, well, I mean... We were also lucky, I don't know if you bet this, but I was lucky to find out right before tip was not announced, star point guard for Arkansas, Devo Davis, just quit. He's done. He just quit the team. He gave up. So, the, he was, I mean, missing that, missing Devo Davis was giant for them too, but it, it was a little bit of addition by subtraction though. But ultimately, like Kentucky gets the cover here. The Kentucky's really good. Reed Shepard, dude, my favorite player in college basketball. Just Mr. Yeah, everything right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think somebody or Kentucky fans were calling him like Bluegrass Jesus or something like that. That is a um, nickname. But yeah, I mean, him with uh, Reeves. Or Reeves, what am I talking about? I mean, the Kentucky. I don't know. I, I I'm still a little bit worried because obviously that first quarter or first half was a little bit sketchy, but obviously you were able to figure it out. I'm just I I don't know. Let's close this one out here. Oh, with a shitty. I don't want to end on this one, but. Ole Miss 71, Texas A&M 68. I was having a pretty good day and ended up betting Texas A&M minus eight because Ole Miss sucks. Well, turns out the Texas A&M might be a little bit of fool's gold and just kind of writing the rankings from last year. Ole Miss goes in the goes into College Station and plays a really good ball game. Like obviously their talent might not be there, but they still have Chris Beard as their head coach, and they this was a spot where they needed a fucking win if they're going to be making the NCAA tournament because they're starting to fall near the bubble watch. And this is a giant win that's going to basically, I think now they have enough where they can basically be on cruise control the rest of the season, just go 500 in the league and they're in. Yes, Chris, keep winning. Keep, keep winning because you're about to be Ohio State's next basketball coach. Um, if he would take that, that's like, a home run fucking hire. Oh, dude, he's already – like like I said, people from Ohio State Twitter have a list. He's easily in the yeah. top three for everybody. 
Who somebody they? we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it off of the pod. Like I have a list from one person I almost wanted to text it to you to see. I want to see like, where the list. How quick? Hmm? How quick can you give them to me? Uh, let me see. I think I screenshotted it. Okay. All right. Number one, Jerome Tang. I don't know if he. T- I don't know if he takes that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he takes it. Uh, number two, job. Sean Miller. Sean Miller home run. Yep. Wrap it up. Uh, three, Chris Beard. Chris Beard, obviously a great hire. Four, Eric Musselman. I don't think Musselman is an Ohio guy. He's not a Midwest guy. Five, Buzz Williams. I don't know, Buzz. He might. He, he was VT's coach for a while. I, you can do better uh, than Buzz. Tied for five. Uh, TJ Osselberger. I mean, if you can get him, that is a smash home run. That's the best guy on this list, but I don't know if he's taking it. I think he uh, it six Wes Miller. Oh God, yeah. You know, you know about me and my like man crush on what Wes Miller. Uh, yes. Uh, seven. Uh, day day Darian uh, Devers, the Drake coach. I mean, if he could, and you can take Tucker with you, like. Uh, and then last, uh, Pat uh, Kelsey, the Charleston coach. Yeah, that's a also a really good one. I think he could get a better job, though. No, no offense. Like I think he's. Yeah, I I know that we're not like the top because, I mean, our AD literally said no basketball or yeah. football is king. Well, look, so it makes it a little bit harder. But I think. Eh, we need somebody that can recruit. You're still a top 15 that, job in college basketball. Pat Kelsey would be a home run too, but I think he's comfortable. The thing is though, I know let's get to these picks, but real quick, he's comfortable in Charleston and Charleston can pay. I know Ohio state's got a lot of money. Charleston does have a lot of money for being a smaller school. And I think there's a chance he could turn Charleston into the Gonzaga of like the like that kind of area down there. I think they could do, he could do that at Charleston, but I don't know. Um, let's go to the, some picks for later in the week before we get back to our set. This is going to be all you. Cause I haven't paid attention to any of the lines. I've been here trying to roll through and see if I see anything that I like, but eh. I don't know if anybody's going to get this in time, but I took the five and a half with Texas. I think it's down to five. You can still get that one against Houston tonight at home. Okay, let's go to Wednesday or to Tuesday. This is a big number, but I think I'm going to lay the 13 with Tennessee at home against South Carolina. Uh, okay, you can still get 13. That's a big number, but it's Tennessee at home, and I think South Carolina, like as, as much as they've overachieved, they're good for a – like remember when they went to Alabama and lost by 25? Like I think Tennessee's yes. better than South or better than Alabama, and they have a better home mm-hmm. court advantage. So I lay that there. Mm-hmm. Haven't bet this one yet, but something I'm looking at. Um, if this number gets kind of high, I like Texas Tech on the road at TCU plus four and a half. If it can get up to five, I would really like it. But Texas Tech is one on the road. They're a tough team. They might not win. But they'll keep it close. And then I hate to do this, but I think I'm going to take Villanova at home against Marquette tomorrow. They've lost four. Oh, they've I lost was looking at that. Still pick them. They've lost four in a row. 
Like, I know Kyle Neptune's not, like, that good of a coach, but they Villanova doesn't lose five in a row, especially on their home court. They should have, they could have easily beat UConn on their home court a couple weeks ago. And I definitely value UConn more than I do Marquette. <laughs> All right, so just looking at uh, easy bet, uh, Illinois minus two and a half <laughs> at Ohio State. Uh, here's here's easy I do have one more, and this one I have already bet, and I love it. It's a system play. It's a lock. Just hammer this one right now. Lay the fucking points with Kansas State at home against Oklahoma. That's what I was thinking about, too. Unranked um, team at home, the- laying points against a ranked team, smash it every fucking time. I, it's a big number to lay, but what would you think about laying the fourteen with uh, Kansas or fourteen and a half with Kansas at home against Oklahoma State? That's such a big number. I know that's my that because part of me leans Oklahoma State, but here's the issue too: Kansas at home. You know what Kansas has on Saturday? Hmm. A date with Houston. That's also oh yeah. It's at, is it at Houston? No, it's, it's at home Fog for Island. Kansas. Yeah. That's kind of also why I'm on Texas tonight a little bit. A little bit of that angle in there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I would probably still lean towards, I don't, that's just such a big number. I guess maybe if you see the line move in a direction you like, like if it gets up to 17, then maybe smash Oklahoma State. And I think maybe if it gets down to 12, which I don't think it will. You can lean. Clemson, uh, 15 and a half against uh, Louisville. At home? Yes. I'll, I'll like that. I'll put that in. I'll put that in right now. And then I have one more for you. Let me pull it up here. It's another system play, which a system play kind of did not come through for us this weekend. Um, it's on Thursday. Don't care the spread. Lay the points of Vermont at home against Albany. Albany's going to get a little bit extra value because I got some winning records. It's John Becker season, baby. They're going to cover. No doubt. Do you have anything else? That's it. All right, we'll be back sat or Friday with all the Saturday picks. No recaps. Just enjoy yourselves. Uh, good luck to everybody. We're out of here. Peace.